Welcome back to Scary Bear Attacks. Today's episode takes us back to the Shoshone Forest, to the Bobcat Houlihan Trailhead, about 28 miles southwest of Cody, Wyoming, and 20 miles east of the Yellowstone National Park boundary. If this area sounds familiar, our last two episodes were set there. The broad valley of the South Fork of the Shoshone River rises about 1,500 feet to the mesas and steep mountains to the north. When I think of grizzly bears, I think of remote forests and rugged peaks, but this area features cliffs and sagebrush. Not exactly grizzly territory, but then again, if they were predictable, there wouldn't be many attacks. Kendall Cummings and Brad Lowry were teammates on the wrestling team at Northwest College in Powell, Wyoming. Together with their fellow teammates and friends, Oren Jackson and August Harrison, the young men decided to go shed hunting. Now, Kendall was a sophomore at the college and was from Evanston, Wyoming. Brady was a two-time state champion from Cedar City, Utah, where his father coached him. Hunting sheds is a fun way to get outside and is enjoyed by people throughout the continent. In the depth of winter, male deer and elk will drop their antlers to begin growing new ones to defend their breeding rights over females. When the antlers drop to the ground, they continue a cycle of nutrient circulation providing calcium to mice, squirrels, and the soils in the area. The boys weren't thinking about all that, though, as they hiked the incline above where they parked their vehicle at the trailhead parking lot after they had just completed Saturday morning wrestling practice. They just wanted to go find some cool sheds and enjoy the outdoors together. On October 17, 2022, the four young men hiked about five miles up the trail packing a can of bear spray each and a firearm. They were all very familiar with being in the woods and camping in general. As they climbed the trail, they could see a lot of bear scat and tracks along the trail, but didn't see a bear, yet. Over the previous few weeks, visitors in the area reported seeing bears at lower elevations along the Shoshone River. Landowners reported seeing between 6 and 10 different bears moving along crop fields and in areas just above. The bears were being monitored by the authorities, but with bears searching for forage and not causing any problems, there wasn't much they could do. The young men continued up the trail and even found some amazing shed antlers which they gleefully put in their backpacks. They continued to climb and find small and large souvenirs to bring home and eventually the group split. Kendall and Brady began searching in an area a few hundred yards from Jackson and Harrison. Toward the afternoon the boys were heading back down the mountain to camp with bear spray still in hand and trophies on their backs. Suddenly a giant grizzly blurred from the brush just a few yards from the boys as they neared a small cliff. The bear had its eyes focused on Brady and closed with amazing speed. Brady began to fumble for his bear spray but didn't even get the safety cap off before the massive Bruin tackled him off the cliff. It all happened so fast that Brady couldn't think about his own actions and merely reacted to instinct while fighting for his life. There was no resisting the strength and speed of the bear, but he yelled and kicked as it bit and clawed his body. Now, Kendall was completely caught off guard as the bear attacked his friend, but quickly began formulating a brilliant plan of resistance. Without thinking it through, he dashed down the small cliff and grabbed the bear by the ear and jerked real hard, trying to pull the bear off of Brady. His sentiments and dedication to help defend his friend's life was all the motivation he needed to join the fight. As the bear turned his attention to Kendall, Brady climbed back up to his feet with his left forearm broken by the crushing bite to it from the bear. The bones of his arm protruded through the skin as his hand uselessly hung, connected only by the flesh. The giant Bruin glared at Kendall and rose to his full height of nearly eight feet tall on his hind legs. As the bear walked toward Kendall with its paws pulled up, ready for battle, Kendall slowly gave ground, walking backward to try to maintain distance between him and the bear. 
The wretched stench of the bear's breath filled Kendall's nostrils as it quickly knocked the agile wrestler to the ground. The enraged grizzly locked its two-inch lower canines onto Kendall's face and sunk its upper canines into the flesh near the top of his head and bit down hard. Kendall's flesh tore and his blood spattered onto the ground beneath him. The bear's teeth had raked up along his cheekbone and peeled up a large chunk of his face as well as his scalp. Kendall later explained that he felt no pain as the attack happened, but the terror was intolerable. The bear's teeth made a grinding noise as they raked along the bones of his skull. His facial bones crunched as the bear tried to crush his head. All of a sudden, the attack stopped, and the bear quickly disappeared into the brush again. He couldn't consider himself at this moment, but was worried the bear had returned to Brady and attacked him again. Kendall rose to his feet and began calling his friends' names. Had he waited a few minutes and searched for his friends silently, the bear may have fled the attack scene. As soon as his voice rose, the bear heard it and returned to renew the violence against him. The bear flashed back toward Kendall and began biting and clawing him again. He knew he was in a fight for his life and began fighting back, but the massive bear was too fast and too powerful. After Kendall stopped resisting, the bear turned again and left the attack scene. Kendall didn't jump to his feet and start yelling this time. He laid there quietly and waited for several minutes, thinking the bear may be watching him. As soon as he was convinced it was gone, Kendall limped over beside his friend. By now, Brady had alerted the other two men in the party. Orrin and August worked their way back toward their friends and began assessing their injuries. Brady and Kendall were visibly shaken and bleeding from several serious bite wounds. They were worried that the bear was still in the area, and all of them decided they wanted to leave in a hurry. Orrin and August loaded Brady and Kendall onto their backs and half ran down the trail the five miles distance to their vehicle. They called 911 and requested a first aid team to the trailhead as they hurried away from the bear. About four miles down the trail, the young men ran into the first responders heading up the trail in search of them. Kendall was placed on a stretcher of sorts, and that is when the adrenaline dump happened. Suddenly, he started to feel the tears and bites into his scalp and cheek. The pain was severe, even for a well-conditioned athlete. He was then life flighted to St. Vincent Medical Center in Billings. Brady was loaded into an ambulance and driven to Cody Regional Health for immediate medical care. At the hospital, Brady was treated for a severely broken arm as well as deep cuts on his back, shoulders, and right thigh and lower leg. He was treated and released within a few days. There were 60 staples put into Kendall's wounds as he had severe lacerations on his face and scalp, his left arm, and leg. He also had plastic surgery to correct some of the destruction on his face from the attack. In the aftermath of the attack, Kendall and Brady were emotional about their experience. Dallas Lowry, Brady's father, was brought to tears at the sight of his teammates gathered round his son's hospital bed until midnight. It would be a long road back for each of the young men, and they may have to undergo further medical procedures, but each of them have renewed their dedication to hunting and wrestling following the attack. Kendall is quoted as saying that wrestlers never say never, while Brady commented that he had never experienced anything like this in his life. After considering the facts of this attack, I'm left with several questions. The first of which is, do you think the boys were set upon by a bear focused on killing and eating them? With all the bear sign in the area, what more could the young men have done to avoid the confrontation? Is the fact that bears were seen along the agricultural fields and in habitats different than their typical one is a sign that there are too many bears in the area? Do you think bear spray is the most reliable method of preventing a bear attack? Please post your comments below and let's talk about it. I hope you enjoyed watching this video and please remember to like and subscribe. Clicking on the bell icon will make sure you're notified of our latest video releases and sharing our video links on your social platforms helps spread awareness and is fun.
I would like to thank our Patreons, Megan Trend, Nathan P., Dina White, Cole Rodriguez, Aurora, April Donovan, Ryan Cernicky, Jar, Chris Marlar, Wayne Washington, Floppy Feet, Cheyenne, Greg Schaefer, April Donovan, and Drone Adventures. Check out our merch store for great new deals on Scary Bear Attack branded gear, and if you join us as a patron, you get a 10% discount on all merch, as well as be welcomed as a moderator on our comments section. Thank you for watching Scary Bear Attacks. As a valued member of our human community, please adventure bravely and be careful out there, especially in bear country.